The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out here. I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. Have you ever known a couple? Maybe they got married a little too early, you know? right out of college and you kind of knew when they were together like "Mm, I'm not sure how long this is gonna last and you start finding out hearing whispers right that they're on the verge of divorce and maybe even one of them moved out you're like oh yeah Uh, Cheryl's living with her sister right now oh yeah Uh, what's John doing I think eating a lot of potato chips, just kind of, just kind of hanging out, building this fantasy team, just on the waiver wire. He seems okay, but he doesn't look okay. And then, so it's like done, right? You're just like done. And then for some reason, some unforeseen circumstance, they get back together. And they declare on social media, everything's fine. They've got, they're holding hands, they're making posts, they're kissy-kissy. But when you look and you zoom in, because I'm a, I'm a zoom-in girl, like you take the photo, you screen cap it, this is what you do, screen cap it, and then you zoom right in. Zoom into their eyes, see what's going on back there. The wa- eyes are the, the windows to the soul. And you look and you're like, mm, Cheryl's still hurting. She's not happy. John looks like he's ready to cry. This is bad. He's gray. He's gained 10 pounds. This is not going to work out. That's KD and Nash right now. That's who that is. Here's what Nash said when literally everyone was like, hey, uh, how are you dealing with the aftermath of uh, a star player, the one that considered you his Yoda? Not only asking out to not be with you, anymore but the only way that he would stay is if you were fired like actually fired you had to go in order for him to be happy he said we're good yeah there's nothing's changed yeah i have a long history with kevin i love the guy families have issues we had a moment and it's behind us that's what happens it's a common situation in the league pause Is it? Is that a common situation in the league? 
is I don't recall many instances of this occurring in this manner. I can't remember another player saying he would only stay the duration of his brand new contract if his head coach was fired. Not only his head coach was fired, but his GM was fired. Which, do not make any mistake about it, is what Kevin Durant said to Josai when they had a meeting in Paris or London or wherever that meeting occurred. Nash must go. Sean Marks must go. These dudes are chaos, and I'm not trying to have all that. Of course, though, the unforeseen circumstances take place. Trader Danny does Trader Danny things. He quote-unquote fleeces the Minnesota Timberwolves in the deal for Rudy Gobert, making it impossible to get back anything reasonable because no team is going to give you what Rudy Gobert commanded, and that's for Kevin Durant. These are crazy prices. So if Rudy Gobert gets five first-round picks, what's Kevin get? Ten? We're not giving you – we don't even think the CBA allows ten first-round picks. So it blew up the trade market, and then it made KD impossible to trade. So they had to make the best things. So, like, these divorces, it's always money. It's always money. So Cheryl and John, they reunite. Now we get to see their asses on Twitter and social media – trying to tell us and convince us that everything is fine. Durant said he wanted out because of, quote, uncertainty around last year's team. And all the drama surrounding Kyrie Irving and James Harden caused the situation where we were, quote, all hurt. What he didn't point out, though, much more important to me, is that the fact that Steve Nash played him, I don't know, 45 to 48 minutes per game just draining his batteries to the brink, to the point where in Game 7 of the Milwaukee Bucks series, he chucked up an air ball in overtime. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a wide-open three air ball by Kevin Durant in a clutch moment? Not me. He was absolutely gassed. Or the fact that Steve Nash had trouble figuring out what his lineups really were, who was on this roster, basically getting outcoached multiple times in his very short career. He's basically, let's be honest, he's a Stepford coach. He says, all oh, a little Teddy Ruxpin doll. You just pull the string and all the right little things come out of I'm okay. I love Kevin. The kid's like, no. You, are you a human being? Because there's no chance that a real human being would feel like everything's fine. He's just programmed. He's just programmed with like little sound bites. We're not trading James Harden. We're committed to James. It's like, dude, you're a liar. You're lying to everyone. You're really good at it. Of course he's going to say everything's all right. Moving forward, Ben Simmons. Steve Nash, very high on him as well. He's coming into the camp in the best shape of his career, proclaiming he is happy to play the what? The center position. Yeah, Ben Simmons is going to play center for the Brooklyn Nets. One. I told the world he wasn't a point guard. He's so far from a point guard, he's actually a center, folks. Like, that's how much of a point guard he's not. Like, you don't just go ahead and play center or point guard. That's not where we're at, and even in positionless basketball, that's not where we're at right now. And, of course, right now, Ben Simmons is being told by Teddy Ruxpin, a.k.a. Steve Nash, hey, you don't have to shoot at all. You don't have to shoot. Not only do you not have to shoot any threes, you don't have to shoot any jump shots at all. Not one. 
Just be you. Just lean in to the things you do well. We're fine. And you know who else said that? Brett Brown said that right before he was fired. Brett Brown said that to the Philadelphia 76ers, and those chickens came home to roost. Nash said on media, he does not, media day, he does not give a flying fuck if Ben Simmons ever shoots a jumper. Because why? Ben Simmons' versatility is so unique. That's what makes Ben great. I don't care if he ever shoots a jump shot. He's welcome to, but that's not what makes him special. And that's not what we need. He's a great compliment to our team. Are you serious, Steve Nash? He's got to shoot jump shots. We've got fives like Brooke Lopez out here shooting threes. Giannis shoots threes. You're telling me he's not going to shoot one jump shot? If he's playing the four or the five, okay, you can get away with not shooting many jumpers, I guess. But Nash says he could still also play the point guard position. Also, Kyrie quickly said he willingly gave up over $100 million to not be vaccinated. So congratulations to him for whatever that means in terms of whatever uh, ethos that he's living by. I'm happy for Kyrie that he stood by his guns. Also, TJ Warren will not be out, will not be back until at least November. I don't know which franchise is the most dysfunctional. I can't tell it. Is it Phoenix? Is it Boston? If you want to say Brooklyn's number one, wouldn't blame you. I mean, their former owner was a part of the fucking Kremlin. I don't know. I won't argue with anyone. Dealer's choice. Choose whoever you want. They all have their own little unique special wrinkles that make them some variation of completely dysfunctional. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast lots of shit popping out in lakerland number one well, not really number one. Just the first one on the list. LeBron James is investing in professional pickleball leagues. Cool. If I have to, if I have to start betting on pickleball or thinking about a new sport because it comes to this like boiling point 
where the world somehow gives a shit about something we didn't care about a decade ago, I, I don't, I think that's it for me. I think I'm hanging up my shoes. I think I'm hanging up my microphone. I think that's it. Patrick Beverly is saying that he's as good as of a three-point shooter as Steph Curry. Let me say that again. Patrick Beverly is claiming he's as good of a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter as Steph Curry. Check the stats, he says. And Kendrick Nunn seems to become the spokesperson for the entire team. My joke I will continue to say until it becomes, until Kendrick Nunn gets healthy, is you can't really judge this Laker team until Kendrick Nunn is fully healthy. It's been 12 months. We still haven't seen it. Until he's fully integrated back in the lineup, we don't know what they could be. Who knows? Maybe they're a contender. And right now, though, there's two stories I want to highlight because the propaganda machine is fully humming in Lakerland. One, AD is trying to pitch us that he's going to play 82 games this year. They call him uh, paper skin and bones of glass. They call him A. Disney. They call him street clothes Anthony Davis. 82 games for someone who has a reputation of not playing any games is rich. Here's where I remind you that the last time Anthony Davis played anywhere close to 82 games was his last year for the New Orleans Pelicans, 2017-2018. It's been five years. That's four major, five major surgeries and injuries ago. This is what he said. I'm so excited. I've got goosebumps just thinking about this year. Me too, AD. I can't wait to watch this dumpster fire. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to a healthy year and doing what I know we can do. I went into this summer focusing on strengthening my body. Pause. Remember in the offseason when he hadn't touched a basketball for like three and a half months and then he got bullied by the internet to touch a basketball? Also, every summer when you're as injury prone as you are should be focusing on strengthening your body. So this is a new one for him. I have to be on the court and be at my best to put us in position to be our best. I'm ready to do that. Just now, huh? Just after you miss the playoffs. He says, he says, I'm ready to do it now. I'm glad that finally, five years later, you're committed to being healthy. I want him to be healthy. I really, I really do. Because I, I want to be able to say that the Lakers aren't good even when Anthony Davis is fully healthy. That's all I want. I want to be able to say, point blank period, I have the data. AD played 65 games. Braun played 75 games. Russ was traded for, who I don't care, Buddy Heald. And this team was still an eight seed. I still want to be able to do that because everybody's like, oh, we can't really, can't really judge him, can't really fully know what Rob Plinka was envisioning because injuries unforeseen they're not unforeseen they happen every year with street clothes Anthony Davis now I know why clutch sports hates me I'm always saying he's hurt it is what it is he is a lot of people uh this is what AD says he says the reason he played so poorly because remember he couldn't shoot last year either when he was healthy he was a bad jump shooter so there's a now a new reason that he was shooting poorly this is what he has to say a lot of people don't know this, but since January, I was battling a wrist injury. It was tough for me to shoot how I wanted to shoot. So on top of all of the other injuries, ankles, knees, 
lower extremity issues. He, we now have a wrist issue to start thinking about as a possible re-injury as well. Is what that what you're saying, AD? And that stopped you from shooting, which is probably one of the things that makes you very unique as a big man? Thanks for uh, disclosing that eight months later. Appreciate that. Of course, he says that injury is now fixed, and AD is looking forward to being the Lakers' number one option. They said this last year. I have this in my notes from last year. AD's willing to take the ball, bull by the horns. AD's ready to be the number one option. LeBron James is saying, take the reins, take the reins. Don't call me a cynic, but I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it when I see it. Second Lakers story, really quickly, relates with Russell Westbrook. Very strange offseason with Russ. He fires uh, Thad Boucher, his agent, because Thad says, listen, you got to be able to do whatever you need to do. And Russ wants out, and he's telling him, listen, you should just stay the course. You can't be switching teams and getting buyouts and taking the minimum because at that point you're now a minimum player, right? Everyone thinks he's getting traded. We're speculating all the places that Russell Westbrook could end up. Is it Indiana to take a buyout, which would have been hilarious? Is it going to be a place like Oklahoma City where old stars come to be rejuvenated for multiple, multiple picks? But no one has had their career and their skills besmirched more in the last year than Russell Westbrook. By the way, an MVP. And you could never hold it against him if people, if he was salty when people basically said, hey, how do you feel about everyone thinking you're trash? But this is what he did. He has been doing what Robert Sarver should do, which is looking inward and fixing himself. After Russell Westbrook has been, I would say, very difficult to deal with from a media perspective, this is what he had to say when they asked him, a very disrespectful, but also relevant question. Yeah, Russ, you said you've bought it. You're buying into the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers are buying into you? Do you think the Lakers want you here? When you look at Russell Westbrook's eyes when he's looking at that media member, he's about to rip his head off, and then he realizes, Russ, everything you do right now is going to be evaluated and scrutinized. Chill the fuck out. Don't kill him. Go back into personal development mode. I mean, um, whether that... They want me here or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, honestly, my job is to be a professional, show up to work like I've always done uh, thus far, do my job the best way I know how to, and that's it. I mean, we all have jobs that sometimes people at our jobs don't like us or don't want us there, as you guys probably can attest to in any other job across the world. Um, and as a professional and as a uh, working uh, man, I have to do my job and do it the best way I know how. PR class? What? That I can't believe that. I saw that and I was like, that's Russell Westbrook? Classy move. He's now said he's willing to come off the bench. He's willing to do whatever Darvin Ham wants from him. He's saying, I don't care whether you want me here or not. I'm making my 40-something million dollars and you guys will like that and take it. And considering how he's been depicted, I think, as a very salty, sort of sharp, prickly human, I think that's pretty awesome. Whether things work out with him or L in L.A., like it's not. They're already Rob Plink is already saying he's willing to. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that Ro that LeBron James basically forced the Lakers to trade those first round picks in order to sign his extension. It was a tit for tat move. 
if you don't get rid of those two first-round picks, I'm not signing with you. And Rob Plinka came out during media day and said, listen, we're getting rid of – we're trading those picks. We're trading them. Why? Why are we trading them now? Why are we committed? Because LeBron is committed to us, and we owe that to him. So if those picks aren't getting Russell Westbrook out the door for some sort of peace, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is, but we'll have to see. If he's happy living in the end of the bench – making $40 million, and they keep those two first-round picks, and they go out and get Kyrie Irving in free agency, I tell you what, as much as I hate the Lakers, they could get good real fast. They're just not going to be good now. Somebody tried to say, oh, if the Lakers are fully healthy, are they a five seed? No, they're not. They are a bad team, and I hope that Anthony Davis is healthy enough for us to find out. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday with a new episode. For those who have missed it, we have three interviews with Jerry West, all different, all interesting. I love the last one where he was basically Rain Man, just giving me player names. And I just give him player names, and he just gives me a a full evaluation and breakdown. We also have an interview with Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse, which was uh, very rare, very special. He doesn't do those a lot, so check that out. And if you haven't, please follow us. Please subscribe. Put us on your feed so you get notifications when new episodes come out and get you ready for this new season. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, if they like the NBA, to follow this podcast too. Every single one of them. And please follow us at on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Thank you to my brand new producer, Nick Berlansky, the man with the master plan. We will see you next week, sir.